the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey guys, welcome into the Cover 3 College Football Podcast. I'm Bud Elliott, and you see those sirens in your feed, you know exactly what that means. I hope I did that justice. Chip Patterson, a little solo episode here uh, for me tonight as we are live on the Cover 3 YouTube channel, shortly to be posted to your podcast feed. Uh, and Wisconsin has parted ways with Paul Christ, which was news that if you had told me at the end of the year, I would not have been shocked if you told me they were going to do so after just five games into the 2022 season. Yeah, I, I am a little bit surprised about this one. So let's just go into this. First, we'll break down what he did at Wisconsin, uh, why they fired him or parted ways, depending on how you want to look at this. And they have not officially released a statement yet, to my knowledge. So we'll see how they word it. It's still up in the air. Uh, why they did it now, which I think is uh, very intriguing. Who some candidates might be for the job. And uh, also a little discussion maybe of how good this job actually is. And maybe we'll take some listener questions live from the YouTube chat when we are done. But Paul Chris this year, head coach of Wisconsin. This is his, I believe, eighth season. He had seven full there, 2015 to 2022. Guys, he had a 720 win percentage at Wisconsin. He took Wisconsin to a Rose Bowl. They played for three Big Ten titles. Not counting the COVID year, which I think you probably shouldn't. I mean, Wisconsin lost multiple games that year just because they had a ton of guys out with COVID. Paul Christ won 10, 11, 13, 8, 10, and 9 games in his tenure there. Now, he was 2-3 and three to start the year. I'll give you that. And I will also give you that they were not as good COVID year, last year, and then this year as they had been prior. So if you want to tell me that things were not moving in the right direction, I'll probably buy that, okay? I, I And everybody has their own prerogative. If you got the money to hire, you got the money to fire. Wisconsin sees itself as a big-time program, apparently, and they are making some some big-time moves here to, uh, to pull the plug on Paul Christ when they did. When I think about Paul Chris, I think about a guy who you know runs a 
smash mouth offense, which is very congruent with what Wisconsin long was under Barry Alvarez. And even as you know, AD Barry Alvarez, a lot of people kind of think pulls the strings behind the scenes on this stuff still, which is why basically everything they do was still in his image, whether it was Bielema or, you know, Chris, the Gary Anderson stuff didn't last very long. If you guys recall that, uh, that very short tenure there at Wisconsin, uh, now, recently, they did try to modernize the offense, and I use that term because I mean, modernize, just just score points, find ways to score points. But they were trying to throw the football more. Uh, they did land Graham Mertz, who was the highest-rated Wisconsin quarterback recruit in a long time, and they tried to build an offense around him somewhat and develop him, and ultimately, it did not work very well. They brought in the new offensive coordinator. Uh, they tried to woo uh, Caleb Williams in the offseason, that didn't really work. Uh, so yesterday I thought it was telling that they had such a poor rushing performance against a Brett Bielema, Illinois team, which is a quality football team, but not a great team. And Wisconsin was shut down at home with its run game for the second time uh, in a couple of weeks. If you recall, Washington State also did a number on this Wisconsin offense in Madison. So the OC hire didn't work. The attempt to sort of modernize the offense didn't work. They sort of lost their identity a little bit offensively because they're no longer, uh, they can say they're smash mouth, but they're not actually effective at smashing people in the mouth. And they had an absolute ton of injuries on offense, which I do think is a bit of a mitigating factor. Every week I look at their injury report. They're they're missing receivers. They're missing important tight ends, multiple uh, important tight ends. They're missing tackles, right? So I think some games they, they were without both their starting tackles. Um, that matters. That should be taken into account. But ultimately, Wisconsin, in making this move, is telling you they did not think that he was the long-term answer. Now, I want to see how they word this because, you know, there's a lot of different things going on here. Um, Why did they do this now? Okay, the the why they did it is clearly because they don't think Paul Christ is going to be the guy long-term. And I mean, he lasted almost eight seasons. So that is pretty long-term in today's college football coaching lifespans. But in terms of the long-term going forward, they didn't see Paul Chris as the guy who could be there four or five years down the line. And who knows, right? Maybe Paul Chris didn't see himself as that either. Uh, Paul Chris' dad uh, was a coach who passed away at age 54 uh, as, a, I believe, a high school coach or small college coach. He, he, I, don't, I don't think he was actually at, at like FBS, but – that's neither here nor there. And, and it reminded me a little bit of what Bob Stoops talked about, right? So his dad uh, passed away on the sideline, and, and Stoops had said like he never saw himself as a, a college football lifer and grinder and didn't want to be coaching into his 70s. And, and now now Bob Stoops is hawking tequila and looks like, if you follow him on, on social media, like he's having a, a hell of a time. Maybe Paul Christ was planning to hang it up at the end of this season. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know he got to address his players. Uh, there are multiple reports out there, so it wasn't like a, a escorted out of the building thing. Thank God. M- maybe he'll still hang around in some capacity. I, I don't know. Uh, I know I had multiple coaches reach out to me uh, when when this was going around a little bit ago, and they, they were like, what the hell? This is, this is kind of wild. Uh, so we'll have to see, right? Who knows? Maybe, maybe he was planning to step down at the end of the year. Maybe he wasn't. I kind of doubt he was planning to step down now, but – you don't have that many home games left if you're Wisconsin, given that you just lost at home to Illinois. You already had a you know, bunch of your non-conference games. So why now? 
We're going to take a quick break for podcast purposes. And when we come back, we'll go into the why now and the who's next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, guys, we're back here on the Cover 3 College Ball Podcast. This is an emergency episode. Really appreciate you guys liking and subscribing on the YouTube channel, also on the podcast feed. Make sure you give us that nice five-star and written review if you do happen to listen to us on Apple and tell your friends. So we just got done discussing what Paul Chris did at Wisconsin and why Wisconsin might have felt that it needed to fire him. And more importantly, uh, why now was the correct time. The first thought that popped in my head, and I really had two, and they kind of came right after another, and that was what coaches suggested to me after they got done being surprised uh, that Wisconsin did this. The first was, well, Jimmy Leonard, the defensive coordinator who played at Wisconsin, played a decade in the NFL, has been one of the elite defensive coordinators in college football and has you know a lot of NFL experience as well, has long been seen as sort of the uh, unofficial head coach in waiting. Now, in college football, you cannot have a head coach in waiting officially anymore. It is the uh, Jimbo Fisher rule, basically. There was one other guy back in the day. I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe Will Muschamp. But back in the day, you could designate a head coach in waiting for an aging coach, whether that was a Mac Brown uh, at Texas when, when Will Muschamp was there, or uh, maybe like Bobby Bowden in Tallahassee for when Jimbo was the OC. That was back in like 2007-ish. Then the NCAA made a rule, and they said, no, you cannot designate a head coach in waiting uh, because of the visit rule. So assistants can go out and visit kids more than head coaches can, right? So that's basically the Jimbo Muschamp rule. If you designate a coach as a head coach in waiting now, that coach has to play in terms of off-campus visits by the head coach rules, not the assistant coach rules. And those are much more restrictive. Head coaches are not allowed to go off-campus nearly as much. But inside the industry, Jim Leonard has long been seen as the guy who is likely to take over that job. And that's why I think he's turned down a lot of potential openings that he would have made sense at. Uh, I don't know exactly which openings he was officially offered, but certainly his name has come up a decent bit. So you have seven games left on this schedule. The Big Ten West is still plenty winnable. I mean, you you have a loss to Ohio State, which was non-competitive. And you have a loss at home to Illinois. But while you would lose a tiebreaker to Illinois, it's not inconceivable that Illinois drops a couple games down the stretch. Sorry, Tom. And maybe you could get back in the running with this thing. But it is a nice little trial run for Jim Leonard if you think Jim Leonard is the guy. And Wisconsin has long been sort of a keep it in the family type situation and, and, and job where it could make some sense to do that. If Jim Leonard does not get this job full-time, and he has been named the interim, I probably should have mentioned that a little bit ago, but if he does not get named as the interim, uh, he will be a really hot coaching candidate out there, either as a defensive coordinator at a a bit of a step-up job. So who knows? Like, Let's say Jim Knowles gets the the D.C. job or head coach job somewhere. Maybe Ohio State uh, would pluck Jim Leonard or or something like that, right? Like an elite $2 million-plus type coordinator job. 
Or I think he has a pretty good shot of being a head coach somewhere because Wisconsin has long outplayed their defensive recruiting ranking. Not as much on the offensive side, but some of the on the offensive side. But even in recent years when the offense has slipped a little bit, uh, the defensive side, which is run by Leonard, has continued to be pretty good. By the way, I do want to uh, give Paul Chris a shout-out for one of the absolute best uh, lip-reading lines of all time when Wisconsin went to, I think it was the Orange Bowl uh, against Miami, or maybe it was the whatever bowl they, they played in. Maybe it was like the Champ Sports Bowl or something. And it was the year that Miami had invented the turnover chain, and Paul Chris said, so if you're on YouTube, you can read my lips on that. So maybe Jim Leonard is the guy. Uh, they are going to give him the trial run here. He'll have seven games to do it. We'll see what this program looks like under his stewardship. I kind of think this is silly. Uh, granted, I mean, why not give him a bit of a tryout? But if he's going to be the guy, you should already know internally. You should have five years now or six years, however long he's been there, maybe longer, uh, to evaluate what he has done. And if you don't have your answer already, maybe it suggests he's not the guy. If he's not, who is? And this also is an answer to the question of why did they do it now? If it's not Jim Leonard, there's a guy who made his coaching career in Wisconsin, right? A guy who has had a ton of success at basically every stop he's been to, a dude who, uh, not that he's anti-recruiting, but is very much more evaluation and development focused, which I think at Wisconsin you have to be because you're not going to get a million elite recruits to come uh, to Madison. And that's Lance Leipold at Kansas. Now, he was the head coach at Wisconsin Whitewater for a long time. He is a Wisconsin guy. Now, yes, he was a GA and, and had a brief coaching stint at Nebraska. But the vast majority of his coaching career has been in the state of Wisconsin. He knows that state. He won multiple national titles at that level. And so far, he has done a tremendous job at Kansas. They beat Texas last year, which was a huge story. Their fullback slash tight end got an Applebee's commercial out of it, right? But this year, Kansas looks legitimately uh, good. Like they are a top half football team in college football. I don't know that they're really one of the best 25, but still, it's it's Kansas we're talking about. As somebody who makes power ratings, it's notable that Kansas is not in the bottom 30-ish of the sport for the first time in a real long time. He just wins everywhere he goes. Kansas does all the little things right, it appears. They're well coached. They develop well. They scout well. And so, to me, it would make a heck of a lot of sense to go and get Lance Leipold. Now, Here's the thing. Do you know who else might want to get Lance Leipold? Nebraska. And Nebraska pulled the, flu or the, the plug on Scott Frost a couple weeks ago. Maybe that was because it was a toxic culture there after a while, possibly. Maybe it was to get in sort of advanced, uh, not negotiations with Lance, but maybe feelers to his people. Is he interested in leveling up job-wise? Is he interested in the Nebraska job? If so, what kind of money is this going to take? Maybe this is Wisconsin saying, hey, we're not going to kind of dance around behind Paul Chris back. We're just going to do this up front. Paul Chris is out. Jim Leonard, you're in consideration, obviously. And Lance Leipold, you're obviously in consideration as well. So we'll, we'll see. I, that has been floated to me by a couple coaches as well. And uh, as one said, uh, it's a good year to be Lance Leipold because they have all these 
all these these potential openings in the sport. So, I don't know. Uh, that's my two guesses as far as coach names right off the bat. I don't think Brett Bielema would go back to Wisconsin. I, I saw that suggestion in the chat, and we'll chat. We'll, we'll take some more questions coming up from y'all for sure. I appreciate you guys tuning in here on the Sunday night, and we will try to get this mostly done before Sunday night football actually starts. So, uh, finally, I, I want to discuss this a little bit. How good is this Wisconsin job actually? Okay, so if you think about this. And I have a couple notes prepped on this, but I, I want to work through this and just kind of talk through this with y'all. I took some heat on cover three uh, from my co-host, but also from, from the chat and from the reviews for saying that Nebraska was a much better job than people realized because of their willingness to spend, 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 and specifically now spend in the era of NIL. Nebraska is fully committed to winning. Is Wisconsin committed to winning NIL-wise on that same level? I think that's going to be a really important question as we go forward in college football. We just saw that Ole Miss had that big-time NIL event this weekend after they had really struggled to get NIL going there in Oxford. I think it is going to be a question that a lot of coaching candidates ask in the future. And it won't be, hey, how nice are your facilities? It'll be, what is our budget for players? I know I'm not supposed to say this kind of stuff yet because it's not legal, but if you're thinking four or five years down the road, which you probably need to be if you're hiring a coach, right? You don't, you don't want to hire one for just a year or two. How much money is available to, uh, to buy players, to acquire players? That is a really important question. Will that matter to Lance if he's the guy? Will it matter to Jim Leonard? Who knows? But I don't know that you know, Wisconsin has the same level of recruiting commitment, if you will, that some of these other programs are probably going to have. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch because if you recall, when Brett Bielema left Wisconsin for Arkansas, what was the line that was given by the the people who knew him on his way out? Hey, Wisconsin didn't spend like Arkansas spent. He wanted more resources. He wasn't getting it there. Who knows exactly how true that is, but I, I don't. I I don't think he's wrong that other schools do spend more than Wisconsin. Wisconsin has always done a really nice job with culture, with consistency, uh, but I I don't know that they necessarily spend the same level of uh, if NIL, right? And I think this is really important not only going forward for the NIL era, but also because you're bringing in USC, you are bringing in UCLA. Do you know what's going to happen eventually? Divisions are going to go bye-bye. And if you take divisions away from the Big Ten, some schools really benefit and some schools lose. Do you know who benefits? Maryland, Michigan State, somewhat, Rutgers, Indiana. Do you know who loses? Everybody in the Big Ten West. Because there will not be that many years where you dodge Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, consistently. Right now, if you're Wisconsin and you're doing your thing, you are getting like six divisional games each year that are just, I'm not saying they're a cakewalk, but you if you are right, you're the best team in that division. You're winning those games consistently because everybody's playing, playing the same style or trying to, and you play it better 
than they all do, or at least have up until really this year. Maybe somewhat last year you could argue they didn't, which is, hey, maybe that's why Wisconsin decided to make the move. But Wisconsin, I think you could argue, just because of, of the ability to coach there, the consistency, was probably like the third or fourth best job in the Big Ten, if you include the, the amount of pressure on that job too, which, again, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that job has more pressure than I realize. I don't know. I tend to think not. If they scrap divisions, that's essentially an extra probably between a half and a full loss per year in conference that you can hang on Wisconsin just because they're going to be playing more difficult teams more often. And that's really the case for everybody in the Big Ten West, right? If you go just the top two teams in the Big Ten, which I think eventually they will, and they'll scrap divisions because it just doesn't make sense to have you know two eight-team divisions in a 16-team league, and you think about it, Wisconsin and Iowa and all these teams make the Big Ten title game really just because of the divisional construct, not because they're one of the two best teams in the league. What are Wisconsin's change? Like, what are their expectations going forward? Does Wisconsin really feel like it should play for Big Ten titles in a divisionless era? If so, you're really going to need to compete in the NIL space a lot more. You're going to need to compete in the uh, not facility space, but the assistant coaching space, in the analyst space, and the recruiting space. So, I don't know. I kind of think that you can make an argument for Nebraska being a better job than Wisconsin going forward, historically as well, but just not over the last 20 years, right? I don't know. We will see. Let's take some questions here from the chat, and I will uh, let you guys bounce. We've done about 20 minutes, which is roughly what we wanted to do. If you're watching this video and enjoying it, please hit the like on the video. That does help spread us to more people, which helps pay my salary. So uh, if you're joining us on a Sunday night, at least hit that thumbs up button on your screen. All right, so uh, questions from the chat here, and we will... Uh, Kevin Bean says, you know what? You're a good-looking man, Bud Elliott. I do not know about that, actually. Uh, my toddler scratched the heck out of me, so I grabbed some of my wife's makeup. I don't actually have makeup yet. Um, supposed to for on camera, but just haven't gone out and bought any. It's been a little bit of a wild uh, wild week here in this state. A lot of my friends still don't have power. Um, you know, so giving our love to all our folks down in Fort Myers, which, which, which is where I'm from originally. Uh, Herm Edwards, that's funny, uh, has the BYU head coach, Kalani Sataki, come up. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Are, are there any other names? Like, am I missing some names here, right, that that I should be should be talking about? Because to me, Leonard and, and, and Lance were the two who popped up immediately. And I could tell you just from the limited number of coaches I texted with tonight, uh, those are the names that are, are being considered as well. Actually, if I can check some of these. On air, uh, okay, and uh, I'm just reading these real quick. Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah i I think uh, um, I I don't know if if Paul Chris is is going to hang around here. Right, um, and we will see about about the Wisconsin NIL thing. They, some people apparently think they, uh, uh, 
some people think that they will use it to keep players on their team, i.e., like not losing dudes like Pitt lost Jordan Addison, but maybe, uh, maybe not as far as the talent acquisition, more the talent retention thing. Who knows? Uh, Matt Campbell or Luke Fickle? That's actually some some interesting questions there from Chris Kessler. Appreciate that. I could see both, right? Uh, Cincinnati got a nice road win, double digits again at Tulsa. They seem to have not uh, not dropped off a ton from last year. Matt Campbell at, at Iowa State has done a tremendous job. They did lose this weekend to to Lance's Kansas team, but ultimately, it's Iowa State. Matt Campbell is basically responsible for all of the best Iowa State seasons in the last 100 years. Uh, I could see both those guys. If Fickle if Fickle is as fickle with his job search as people seem to think he is, then maybe, uh, maybe that wouldn't work quite so well. But who knows? I, my, a lot of people think, in, in the media at least, the Big Ten media think he would leave like for Ohio State, and, and that's it. All right, Big Cat will, will boost their NIL program, LOL. I, I like that one. Um, if Jim is not the heir apparent, which direction do you think they'll go? More offense or defensive mindset? I'm not sure. We've got a couple of Notre Dame fans trying to pawn off Tommy Reese on the job. That uh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't really want to touch on the, on the Colorado job yet because we can probably hit that tomorrow on the show. I, I've been working on some notes, made a few phone calls. I, I don't know what Colorado – is going to do uh, so John E in the chat. I appreciate that, but we'll probably probably pass on that one. Um, will Byron Leftwich get a college ball chance? Is he still with the Bucks? I, I have the Bucks in a pick them, so I, I hope Bucks tonight uh, get the dub there. Let's see. All right, any other uh, some names that you guys think actually would make a lot of sense. Iowa fans trying to pawn off uh, Brian Ferentz. That's I did hear there was a fire uh, fire Ferentz chat, you know, or fire Ferentz uh, chant in the uh, in the stands today. So, all right, pretty much out of out of suggestions here. Maybe maybe they'll come in. Jim Leonard. We already talked about Jim Leonard. Dave Aranda was the former defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin that much better of a job than Baylor? Am I going to get skewered for for asking that? It's a better job. Is it? To me, it's like not a clear step up job, right? It's a better job. It's not just that much of a better job. Jamie Chadwell, I, guys, I think Jamie Chadwell would kill it at Wisconsin. You know who else I think would probably do a really good job at Wisconsin? I think Sean Lewis would do a hell of a job at Wisconsin. Now I know they're trying to win a, a, a you know MAC title. And he probably doesn't let me throw his name out there right now because they're they're focused on the season, all that kind of stuff. But guys, Sean Lewis played for Wisconsin. He was a tight end for Wisconsin and a kick returner in uh, when, when was this? 2006, 2007. Exciting style, a lot of energy. That that actually is one that would make a, a heck of a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> I don't think Jeff Trailer would, would would work. No, sorry, just I'm, I'm seeing these on the chat. I, that one doesn't really make a whole lot of sense just because he, to me, he's more of a Texas guy, you know? Uh, so Daniel Kelly is pushing back. He said, Wisconsin's definitely a step up job. until the last year or two, Wisconsin has been competitive in the big 10 year after year with a chance to make the playoffs. Yes, they have, 
But guys, here's what I'm saying. When you go away from divisions, show me the year that Wisconsin was legitimately like the clear number two team in the Big Ten. Right? They're getting there in large part because they're a really good team who has a cakewalk of a draw compared to most other Power Five divisions. If you scrap divisions and you add in USC, Wisconsin is not competing for Big Ten titles with the quality of team it has had in recent years. Okay? You see what I'm saying? Like, pick your best Wisconsin teams over the last 10 years, and a lot of them are not probably making it to the Big Ten title game in a divisionless format. Now, some would. Okay? Wisconsin, when it's at its best, absolutely does have some equity there and could make it and win it. But I think probably more than half of those teams are are not seriously competitive for the Big Ten title. A lot of this is scheduled draw. You know, Minnesota could win eight, nine games this year. Now, granted, they lost to Purdue over the weekend. You stick them in the East, they're, they're fighting to make a bowl. Well, they do have a cakewalk non-conference schedule, certainly. I, Dave Aranda, a lot of people are saying, I just he's got a big contract with with Baylor. I don't know that Wisconsin is that much of a better job than Baylor is, guys. I really don't. The money at Baylor is awesome. You get what you want. Baylor does not have a reputation for being cheap. Wisconsin, we will see how much they're going to spend. Um, Dave Doran, actually, I think at uh, at NC State, I believe he just signed a contract, but who knows? There's always buyouts and whatnot. That that actually could make some sense if you wanted to. He was a former defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Justin Wilcox, I, I feel like you just need to prove a little bit more in terms of being able to run an offense to get a job like Wisconsin. And, and the, the offensive hires that Wilcox has made at Cal, to me, are, are rather uh, uninspiring. So we, we'll see. Dave Doran, that, that's a good one. Dan Mullen, I don't think, is going to uh, gonna come up north right there, but he actually is from Pennsylvania. I'm just, I, I don't see Dan Mullen being a fit. Bill O'Brien, uh, I, I look, a lot of people are going to be uh, suggesting Bill O'Brien for every job this year. It, it's sort of unavoidable. It's definitely, definitely one that's being pushed this year. I'm skeptical, but who knows? I, do, do you fire Paul Christ right now to, to go and hire Bill O'Brien? I I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing not. Deion Sanders, uh, I don't think, is is a great fit at Wisconsin, but possibly uh, right-hand lead says uh, only Bill O'Brien's agent is pushing that. Tulane head coach Willie Fritz, I think, is one of those ones where, again, I think it would make a lot of sense. I think he's a really good coach. Is that somebody that you are actually – going to pink slip Paul Christ in the middle of the season to go higher. I'm skeptical of that. I think if you're doing this, you're doing this because you want to see Jim Leonard and because you have some big-time candidates, right? Guys who might win their conference, who have some connection to the school, or who have a big-time proven track record, right? Lance Leipold, Sean Lewis, Dave Doran, those type, those type of guys, I think – Make some sense. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, oh, actually, that's an interesting one. If 
If Wisconsin does raid Kansas, could could Kansas raid Tulane? I don't know. All right, RIP with uh, Nebraska coaching search. Who knows, guys? We are at thirty minutes here. I did not expect to do thirty minutes. How many uh, how many likes are we doing so far on this video? Be... All right, probably should mute that. Amateur hour move by me there. Apologies. How many likes do we have on the video right now? Two hundred two. That's two hundred two ain't getting it done, but I actually do have to roll. So 30 minutes, I'm going to shoot this to producer Coca, and we will see you all later. What time tomorrow? 11 a.m. Eastern. What time Wednesday? 11 a.m. Eastern. I don't know if we're doing a Tuesday show this week. We might be. I actually have Tuesdays off. So, uh, see? Thursday, Lockspod, for sure. And that's it. So, see you guys. Everybody take care. Like the video if you have not already subscribed. See you all in... 15 hours or so. Peace.